here I am telling people don't have an abortion, but I'm not admitting that I had. It's a very different place of ministry when you've admitted it and you're saying, you know, I know that what you're going to go through because I've done it and, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry, and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. I'm sorry, I almost blew it. (laughs) That's all right. It is a podcast, not just a ministry. It's both. But um, I'm here with Daniel Parks, and I'm Vicki Kosjorg. We are sidewalk counselors, and we have other roles in in our Love Life ministry. But... um, but we love the sidewalk. We love we love the work on the sidewalk to uh, to try and plead for the lives of the unborn. So to that end, we want to equip and yeah. encourage everybody that is called to this ministry, and that's why we do this podcast yep. to try and and help people to feel more comfortable and equipped to yep. to do we. Pray that if you're listening to this, so you're you're maybe either already involved in sidewalk ministry or you're contemplating being involved, and we pray that God will direct you clearly yeah. if if that that's where you should be. Yeah, I want to mention real quick. Mm-hmm. I have forgotten to mention this in the past several ep- episodes. Okay, um, but if you're interested in getting more of these podcasts, maybe somebody sent you just one podcast episode or something like that, and you're interested in more of these podcast episodes. You can go on gospelcenteredprolife.com, and that's all of our episodes. That's kind of a website that's just dedicated to these podcast episodes. And there's a search feature there. If there's, I don't know, subjects or just keywords that you think, hey, I wonder if they did a podcast about that. You can search those keywords on that website, gospelcenteredprolife.com, and it'll bring up all of the episodes that have that keyword in them. Right. And we've been doing this a long time, over two years. And honestly, we have hit so many topics yeah. over, over that time period. We like to tell our missionaries, if if you watched every podcast we have ever produced, you would probably never have any questions for yeah. us uh, on, yeah. on what happens on the sidewalk, because it's pretty comprehensive. Yeah. What, well, what the thing covered. is, though, if... Like they really don't watch the podcast. They listen I know. To them. I keep getting that wrong too. <laughs> Sometimes we th- thought about doing video, but we have not yet. Yeah. So you're listening to the right. podcast um, and just watching a still picture of <laughs> yeah. us. I mean, we do have them on YouTube. They're okay. uploaded as just like a still picture with the right. audio. Right. So maybe you yeah. watch that, right. our faces <laughs> that never move the whole time. And hopefully you're uh, you're equipped by that. But right. either way, however you right. access these. They're out there to equip and encourage you guys. That's right. That's right. And many many of them um, are developed when we do get a question right. from one of our sidewalk counselors or missionaries. And that's how this one was developed. Someone asked me, and I honestly, I can't remember who, but, but someone said, you know, would you talk about what do you feel about someone coming onto a, into the role as a volunteer on the sidewalk if they are post-abortive and have not had healing? Right. 
And that is such a good question because so many people that enter sidewalk counseling do so because they know the truth because of their personal experience with abortion. Yeah. And so, and it's such a good question also because we know that if Satan is real, spiritual warfare out there is intense. It is a very difficult ministry. Yeah. And if you have not had healing from your own abortion, Satan can eat you alive. Yeah. Yeah. The devil knows which buttons to push. For sure. And healing actually removes those buttons, right? <laughs> when you've to a gotten degree. healing. Now, to a degree. Yeah. I, I want to mention, though, the reality. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Right. So we believe in healing through Jesus. We believe that your past sins, when you become a Christian, are washed away. You're no longer who you used to be. Right. So we believe that. And there's a certain amount of healing if you have abortion in your past, for sure. No doubt you've been forgiven, and a certain amount of healing has been applied. But I will say that the Lord really wants to get into the depths of those wounds and bring healing. So when we talk about post-abortive healing, we're talking about getting into a study Surrendering the Secret is one of those studies. There's others. I don't Forgiven and Set Free, I think, is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephanie Reinhardt, who's local here in Charlotte, runs the uh, post-abortive healing sort of area of ministry for Love Life called Restored Life. And what she does is she networks with other post-abortive healing ministries, organizations, and Bible studies across the nation and gets people plugged into the one that she thinks would best suit them. Right. And she will tell you that... Yes, you receive healing when you become a Christian, but those wounds, those past wounds don't truly get taken care of until you bring that stuff to the light because the devil's going to use that stuff in your past to uh, bring it back up to you, to bring guilt and shame, to neutralize you. It's going to be a button the devil can push in your life. And if you go through this healing process, um, that button can be removed. The devil can't push that button anymore because you brought it to the light. That's right. So what makes this a very interesting topic with me being a co-host on this is that I did not do that. Uh I did not have – I did come to the Lord. I came to the Lord uh, 35 years ago, I think it's been now. But but I did not have any kind of post-abortive healing program. No no program. And – and so I wanted to tell my story a little bit, just just about the as I came onto the sidewalk, because I do want to raise the thought that it is possible to do what I did. Yeah. Um, it's not recommended. I will tell you guys. I'll spoil the ending. It's not recommended, and and you'll see why when I tell my story. But. Um, but it is possible. So I came, I, I started 10 years ago, about 10 years ago. It's nine and a half, something like that, um, on the sidewalk. And I had not told anyone about my own abortion, including my children. So I came because of that abortion, probably. That's why I was probably attracted in the first place to, to this yeah. ministry. But, um, but I had not told anyone. And I was actually on the sidewalk, I think it was five years before I, God was so incredibly gentle 
with yeah. me. But he never let me off the hook. He kept telling me that I did need to to talk about my own experience with the people I worked with and with my family. Yeah. And uh and in that five years when no one knew he used me. Yep. I mean, I was mightily used by God. I'd be astounded by what God was doing, by the miracles I'd seen, by the lives that were saved. And I I don't know why, Yeah. Um. but I will tell you, it came at enormous cost, enormous yeah. cost. Every area of my life was under attack by Satan. And I mean, everything, health, finances, marriage, children. Um, Everything. Yeah. Uh, my 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 parents just really there. There was not an untouched area of my life, and it was devastating in every one of those areas. Yeah. So the only thing looking back that still floors me is why I didn't give up. Yeah. I I don't know other than I love the Lord and I hated Satan so much I wasn't going to give him the victory. Yeah. Um. But I think that it was it was a heavy price to pay. Yeah. Um, would I have still gone through that had I gone through an abortion healing program? I don't know. But ultimately, I did. God finally convinced me. I did tell my family first, and then I told you all, the people I work with, and then I then I went very public. Yeah. And now, you know, it's it's totally out, out in the open. And one of the hardest things for people like in my situation, and for any post-abortive women who is ministering on the sidewalk honestly is going to be the the uh so-called pro-choice people yeah and how they will attack call you a hypocrite whatever right um and say you had an abortion why isn't it okay for everyone else to have an abortion so um there is no doubt when i finally did release that burden and i did go through an online post-abortive healing program at that point as well that I really was released yeah. to to be fully free to do what God had called me to do on the sidewalk. So I think the wiser thing for people to do is go through the post-abortive healing first. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe in conjunction right. with, with as you're ministering on the sidewalk. Yeah. But there were some things that in, in this article that that I that we talk about that no matter which path you take um, that are some key things yeah. that, that you need to do. Let me just pipe in real quick and, and encourage those who are listening who may mm -hmm. have an abortion in your past. Maybe you haven't shared that. Mm -hmm. There's a temptation with Vicki sharing her story about how she stepped out into the sidewalk and God used her mightily, even in spite of the fact that she never brought this thing to the light. Temptation to say, well, if she could do it, I can do it. It's very unwise to presume upon God's mercy in that yeah. way yeah. and God's grace. Like, why was his grace on Vicky even in spite of that? And even though the devil had a foothold in certain in a certain way, yeah. she still had victory of that. Um, who knows why God gave her the grace? And, and God may give you the grace, same grace that he gave her, but he also may not. I don't yeah. know why God operates the way that he does, but yeah. I'll tell you, it's wisdom um, to just not give the devil a foothold, to not right. give the devil an angle. And I can tell you, if you have an abortion in your past and you're you're not sharing it with other people because you're afraid of how they're going to view you or how they're going to, you know, whatever, 
I can tell you that is a lie from the flesh and from the devil. Mm-hmm. The people around you that love you are going to love you no matter what's in your past. Yeah. And we should, yes, we should be ashamed of the decisions that we made in the past, but if we're truly in Christ, then we're no longer that that person. What was the thing? Maybe it's, it's in your article where um, there was a guy online sharing about how some wicked people are saying wicked things about him and his past. And he's like, it's oh. like they're throwing rocks at a house that I don't live in anymore. Oh, that's so great. You know? And I, it isn't in the article, but I'm glad you remembered that because I, to this day, I heard that, I don't know, a few months ago. And to this day, on every morning I walk and it's my time with God. And almost every morning I'll revisit something in my head about something that God is either further revealing to me or I'm remembering from, um, from my past. And Satan uses that right away yeah. to cause me to cry, to be discouraged, to think I can't do what I'm called to do because I'm such a pitiful, uh, wicked, horrible <laughs> scum <laughs> of humanity. And I will remember, stop it. You're throwing rocks at a house I don't live in anymore. That yeah. is no longer my home, and um, and I and we are made new. You started off saying that yeah. we are made new in the Lord as believers in 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 Jesus. So we we are made new, and and we we can overcome. Because Jesus yeah. has overcome our, yeah. our past, and we can use it for good. What Satan meant for evil, we can't. We can yeah. use for good. But also going back to you saying, well, God was able to use me anyway. But hear the warning. I mean, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. My parents were both put into a nursing home. Both of my dogs died of cancer. We lost all of our savings. We had um, struggles in our family that that you know the the repercussions still reverberate to this day. Um, there were, there were things I would not wish on anyone that, that I went through and, um, and so be very, very careful if that in, in general, kind of the bottom line is that I would say, get that healing first. And I would say also a danger. If you go onto the sidewalk and you have not told your family or your friends, but one day you speak it to a mom because you your heart is telling you that mom needs to hear it to choose life. Yeah. It will get out there. Yeah. And do you want someone else to tell your family or your friends? Or do you want it to be through the lens of what you went through and your own mouth yeah. telling? Yeah. Um, so there are big dangers if if you do not um get healing first and go public yeah first yeah i think that's the the main thing is just having this out in the open right bringing it to the light yeah this uh scripture first john comes to mind first john in chapter one verse five it starts this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that god is light and in him is no darkness at all if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Mm. This principle of walking in the light is not a principle of walking in sinless perfection and never messing up. It's a principle of bringing things to the light. And notice that it talks about reconciliation that comes from walking in the light, reconciliation with God, Mm -hmm. but also reconciliation with 
with others. Mm-hmm. It says the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We walk in the light. Um, verse 7, if we walk in the light, he's in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So yeah. blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins, speaking about reconciliation with God. But before that, we have fellowship with one another, speaks of reconciliation with our brothers and sisters. And sometimes if you have sin in your past that you've not brought to the light, that doesn't mean we need to get into all the gory details of our life. Right. But if there are things we know in the past that the devil's trying to use to define us, a lot of times that will break fellowship with other people, we'll feel disconnected from other people. Mm-hmm. We'll feel it's hard to connect with people because they really don't understand me. The reason why is because those things likely have not been brought to the light. Yeah. Fellowship is broken. There's a sense of disunity. And so, yeah, I think that could definitely, I don't, I can't speak for how you felt while you were on the sidewalk those years where you never shared this, but I would guess there was a sense of disunity, almost a sense of dishonesty, like I'm holding something back from absolutely, these people. Absolutely. I remember when I first told you yeah. and, and Elijah and some of the other leaders out on the sidewalk, I said, I'm, I'm so sorry that I didn't. T- I should have told you sooner. I yeah. should have. There was so much guilt. Um, uh, and kind of a flip side of that is, um, I mean, you are kind of living a lie. Yeah, I, here I am telling people don't have an abortion, but I'm not admitting that I had. Yeah. It's a very different place of ministry when you've admitted it and you're saying, you know, I know that what you're going to go through because I've done it yeah. and, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. But the other side of that is there can be this um, veneer of perfection. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with me. I have got it all together. And my children certainly saw that. That's what they saw. Someone yeah. who at least claimed to be pretty perfect. Yeah. And when I told them, I think it opened a whole new understanding and ability to relate to me. Oh, you know, she really messed up. She's way more human yeah. than we realize. And I actually think it it helped our yeah, relationship. It helps bridge the divide. That's right. It helps bring fellowship. Right. Right. Yeah. We fellowship as believers in Jesus around the fact that we've all been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, that we've right. all royally screwed up yes. in our lives <laughs> yeah. to varying degrees and in varying ways. Yeah. Um, and we have that in common. We all royally yeah. screwed up. Right. But there's a God who redeems and heals royal screw ups. That's right. <laughs> and then turns us into royalty. That's Am I right? right. That's right. right. That beautiful. Ooh, you should you should coin that. That was I, very I might good. Just coin <laughs> that, that was good. I might just write a book. <laughs> so I think this is a very important paragraph in in the article that we wrote because as the person who asked me, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, is a leader who's thinking, so yes or no, do we do we let these women with post-abortive past on women the Women now say, and men, too. And men, because there's men with unconfessed abortions in their past. They didn't obviously have the abortion themselves, but they contributed in, yeah. in whatever way. They, they coerced, they drove her, whatever. Yeah. It's their baby. Then, yeah. yes, they need healing as well. So um, I do think it is possible. Like I said, it, it was possible with me. And as I look back, I, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say this. I think being on the sidewalk was instrumental in part of my healing. Yeah. So would I deny that to someone else? No, I would not. But I do think with my experience now, 
I think that there are key elements in place or that should be in place for anyone in ministry um, who's a ministry leader as they're looking at, should I allow this person to be a part of our team or not? And so I want to go over those because I think they're really important. First of all, first and foremost, the person, woman or man, needs to be a strong believer in the Lord. There can be no doubt in your mind. If it's a post-abortive woman and she's a brand new believer— I would say for sure she should go through healing first. They need to be a strong and probably established believer in the Lord. I think that's maybe what got me through what I went through. I had been walking with the Lord for 30 years. Yeah. Um, So fully abiding in, in, in the Lord. I think that's absolutely important. She needs to have regular and very intentional devotional time alone with God. That's true for all of us. Yeah. But I think it's doubly true. For someone who is saying, I haven't yet gone through a healing program, but I really want to be on the sidewalk. Yeah. Talk with her and find out what is what is her time with the Lord look like. Right. Yeah. Um she needs to be in a strongly supportive church. Yeah. With accountability to that church. Critical. Strongly you know, a local church must yeah. be in a local church. She does need the support of her family, and they must have knowledge of her past. That was a huge mistake for me that yeah. I that I had not gone public. Some of my family knew, but but most did not, um, because it you're always living in fear. Then out on the sidewalk, who's yeah. going to tell my family? Who's going to discover? Yeah. And you cannot minister out of a place of fear. Right. Um, if all those elements, and I mean all of those, are not in place, then I would recommend to anyone in a leadership position, don't have that person on the sidewalk yet. Yeah. Have them go through a healing program first. Yeah, yeah. And if those elements are in place, then I'd say then, you know, uh, find out, does this woman really know about fighting spiritual battle, how to fight it well, the spiritual yeah. armor of God and all that kind of stuff. And if if she if she is going to be on there, watch her closely and have a personal accountability person that she goes to um, that you are in contact with discussing how everything is going in her life. I think had you known um, everything and known all that I, that was happening to me, you probably would have told me step back. Yeah, um, and that might have been wise advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, the encouragement is then, as leaders, as we're talking about just the 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 things that those who are leading have in their past, and of course, in particular, we're talking about abortion. But all of this stems from a desire as leaders for us to do what is right for those who we're leading. So we're not just talking about punishing people that have an abortion in their past, but not letting them come out on the sidewalk until they get some kind of post-abortive healing. We're talking about as leaders, we have a vested interest in doing right by them. Yeah. Putting them out on the front lines of a battle. Mm -hmm. Whenever there's like, you know, there's some stuff in their past that really hasn't been taken care of yet. It's not good for them. Right. Right? It'd be like putting someone, and I don't mean to say that having an abortion in your past is a handicap, but it'd be like putting someone with a handicap on the front line of a real battle and put a sword in their hand. Yeah. It's like, well, they're not equipped until that handicap is taken care of. Yeah. 
to really fight this battle effectively. So we yeah. have to be discerning as leaders. I know one of the things that we've said is that we, we're not requiring people that people absolutely have to go through post-abortive healing if they have an abortion in their past um, to be on the sidewalk. But we do ask that they have a conversation with Stephanie just so she can kind of assess where they're at and get them information to take advantage of a post-abortive healing Bible study um, just to give the information to them. So we're asking for them to do that, for them to talk with Stephanie, her assess where they're at, and then you know, if they start that post-abortive healing process, they can come out on the sidewalk even in the midst of that process. Right. Some people have chosen to go through the entire process before they go out on the sidewalk. I think yeah. that's wisdom. Yeah, We can't say, no one can say exactly what's the right formula. But what we can say is here's here's some of what we've seen. Here's some of the, the best things. Like God can use all kinds of things. God used your story, mm-hmm. even though you didn't get post-abortive healing before. Mm-hmm. God's used you and he's using you tremendously. But just because God uses someone else in a certain way doesn't necessarily mean he's going to use you in the same way. Right. So we just have to use wisdom and apply um, wise principles. And I think post-abortive healing and getting plugged in um, to a ministry like Restored Life, and I just want to put a plug real quick for Stephanie Reinhardt. So if you go on our website, lovelife.org slash restored life, that's where you can get connected with Stephanie. Maybe you have an abortion in your past or someone who has an abortion in their past that you're connected with. Maybe you're a leader and you want to get someone that's serving connected, that would be the way to do it. And Stephanie's great. She has so many connections with post-abortive healing. She's got such a heart for this and uh, just a wisdom to speak to this this issue, unlike anyone else that I know. On that line, I'd I'd like to uh, tell a quick, brief little story, because I have mentioned her earlier on in some of our podcasts about the woman who contacted me post-abortive and was suicidal. Yeah. And I was counseling her for a couple of months, and she was suicidal throughout that time period. I actually did connect her with Stephanie, and, um, and she, that woman is now, I would say, free. I mean, yeah. she, she had a very strong salvation experience. She told me she recently, she is doing fine. She said she has been healed. Jesus has healed her. But I do think that part of that, what was pivotal in that was the discussion with Stephanie. And I think that is just such a wise and good idea, connect with Stephanie. Um, If if you're one of the leaders, certainly in Love Life, if you've got a question about having someone be on the sidewalk, have them connect with her. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, with that, I think we'll wrap this episode up. Hopefully it was a blessing to you guys. Uh, We encourage you to reach out to us if you have comments about this episode or suggestions for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You reach her, Vicki, with a Y, at lovelife.org. Also, we encourage you guys to leave us a review. Maybe um, Maybe you access this through Apple Podcasts or other podcast services. Maybe on YouTube, you access this. There's all kinds of ways to access this. But leave us a review. Five-star review would be fantastic. And um, let us know, again, what you think about this podcast through comments on YouTube or in your review. But until next time, God bless. God bless you all.
friends too precious since I met you.